Greetings, Finn friends, shark huggers, and fans of fact-based reality and reality-based facts. I'm Mark Laring-Young, and welcome to Scana, where we're celebrating Sharkwater Week. On October 19, 2018, Sharkwater Extinction, Rob Stewart's third and final film, launches in 90 theaters across Canada. And if you're in Canada, we're hoping you'll be there. Scanna officially debuted in May of 2017, but our producer Rain Banu and I spent about six months getting ready to launch, and we always knew who our first three guests were going to be. Canada's three most iconic environmentalists, David Suzuki, Elizabeth May, and Rob Stewart. I first met Rob in 2007 in Barcelona when my movie The Green Chain was playing at their environmental film festival. I was barely off the plane and was sitting at a table in the town square. There was already a Clara in front of me. That's a lemony beer. And someone shouts, it's the other Canadian. And I turned and saw this young guy who looked like a freaking movie star. I had a little movie about forests. He had a big movie about sharks. Rob and I crossed paths a few times over the years, and when his movie Revolution made its Vancouver debut at the Vancouver International Film Festival in 2013, I was lucky enough to get to host the screenings. So when Rob found out I couldn't make it to the start of his movie's launch party, he offered to take rain so she wouldn't be alone there. When my book, The Killer Whale Who Changed the World, was set to be released in the fall of 2016, I asked Rob to write a blurb for it. He apologized, told me he was too busy filming a sequel to Sharkwater to read it. But a few days after the book was released, Rob was plugging the book to his legion of fans on Facebook. I don't know if that's what made it onto the bestseller list, but I wouldn't be surprised. We talked about interviewing him for the documentary version of the book and the podcast the next time I was in Toronto or he was in Vancouver. Then, not long after his 37th birthday, Rob died in a diving accident and the world felt a lot smaller. Whenever I got the chance to write about Rob's work, I was all over it, because there aren't a lot of real-life heroes out there. And whether people admit it or not, almost everyone who writes a book or makes a movie about a serious issue wants to change the world. Sharkwater freaking did it. Sharkwater changed the world. Rob didn't just change things for sharks, but with Sharkwater and Revolution, he inspired a generation of young activists and media makers. And he really inspired kids. And I wish he was still here to keep inspiring people. But we've got his movies, including Sharkwater Extinction. And even though we never got to interview Rob for the movie or the podcast, I did get to interview him a bunch of times about Revolution. So we're going to take you back to 2013 and share a couple of those interviews here. Apologies in advance for the audio quality. These were never intended to be broadcast. The first was recorded in a hotel room in Toronto where the movie was premiering at TIFF. The second was about a month later when we were grabbing a bite and a drink on the patio of the cafe on Granville while Revolution was screening just before the Q&A. This wasn't even an interview. We were really just hanging out. But I asked if I could record it just in case because I was hoping to write more stories about Revolution to help them get people out to the movie. And I hope this helps get people out to Sharkwater Extinction. As a filmmaker, I can tell you that opening weekend absolutely determines the fate of a movie. If you're in Canada, it's opening on 90 screens. It is at a theater near you. Take a couple of hours out of your day 
and check out a real superhero movie. Scanna is brought to you once a month by our awesome sponsors at patreon.com. But this special episode, the only person I really want to thank is Rob. Barcelona. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, that was fun. Are you going again? I hope so. Yeah. But I need to write another movie first. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I met you about 20 minutes after my plane landed. Okay. When they brought me in, they were teaching me how to swear. Yeah. Okay. And then you showed up in this very cool shirt, and I went, no, he can't be from Canada. He dresses too well for me from Canada. <laughs> we had this wild, I remember this wild conversation where you're like, I'm like, okay, maybe he's from Montreal. And you're like, Toronto. I'm like, no, and you told me you've gone European. Yeah. So you started buying European clothes. Yeah, totally. So you've still got the European fashion sense. Yeah, T trying to keep it alive a little bit. Very cool. Sure. Yeah, so it's the guy, I'm wearing the Desiquan shirt, so, <laughs> from Barcelona. Um, congratulations on this, this is fantastic. Thank you. Did you see it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, wicked. Very cool. Thank you. Um, so, could you talk about how this one happened, how this came together? Yeah, it's, um, I'm just going to, that was my phone, I'm just going to turn it okay. off, sorry about that. Um, so, in the PR tour of Sharkwater, uh, I was doing, like, we ended up getting a bunch of fantastic press for it, and one of the things I didn't know was all these people would ask me, what are you doing next? And that was a common thing to ask a director. Yeah. Um, so I had the opportunity to tell 20 million people what I was up to next, but I didn't know what to say. Yeah. So I started thinking, okay, what's, you know, Sharkwater was bigger than I thought, you know, more ambitious than I thought, and it forced me to grow and was this beautiful thing for me. So I thought, what's the biggest thing I could do next? And that was sort of like the Save the Humans kind of concept. Because <laughs> I'd been to, you know, we've been to all these environmental conferences, I'd met some of the world's top scientists, the people yeah. I interviewed in Sharkwater, and they're like, what you're doing with sharks is awesome, but you're missing the point, like, we're going to lose everything. Um, and then, yeah, and then the question from the girl in Hong Kong is sort of like, all right, this is, this is what we got to do next. This is the next movie. And then I just had to figure out how to, how to tell such a giant story. Yeah, I just, my next big project after Green Chain was I worked on the biography of uh, Sapora Berman, the environmentalist, uh -huh. and talked about her big epiphany. I mean, here's somebody who spent her entire life trying to save the forest. She starts finding out about climate change. And she's going, I'm done fighting for single trees. You know, mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't fight beyond that, it's all gone. Yeah. And she freaked out other environmentalists. She's like, yeah, shut up about that forest yeah. right now. That, that's, it's all going. You know, like, yeah. Stop looking at the small picture. It's all going if we don't get on top of this. Yeah, very much the same sort of epiphany, I think. Did you, She called it, when we talked about her climate reckoning, was there a moment that you... What was your climate reckoning, your climate moment, the girl in Hong Kong? Was it mm -hmm. from her, or was it talking to one of these experts who just said... Mine's less of a climate reckoning. Mine's sort of like a human survival uh, insight. Okay. You know what I mean? Because the reason why we can survive on this planet is because of life that yeah. gives us our food, our water, and our air. And it's just sort of the realization that, oh my God, all these systems that we've built 
are destroying our food, our water, and our air. And it's just taken us a little bit of time to realize that because before we set up the systems and we had 300 million people on Earth, we could do whatever the fuck we want. And now that we've got 7 billion of us, we've eaten everything. So it's sort of like, oh my God. Um, it's funny. Uh, last week, right before I left Vancouver, I thought of you because I was walking by a Chinese restaurant and there were all these protesters saying ban shark fins. Yeah. Amazing. Like, that's so cool. Yep. And I thought of your movie. Like, how much of that's been inspired by what you did? Like, do you have any sense of it? Um, it's, it's tough to say how much is inspired by what we did, but, um, you know, at least 12 different conservation groups got started because of shark water. Um, the conservation movement credits it as being one of the big instigators for pushing shark fin bans and getting the community and public involved in the shark conservation thing. So I think it had a significant part to play, but mostly just because it educated everybody. All of a sudden, everybody was educated and realized this atrocity was going on, and then they went to battle. The fact that China has banned at state functions is mind-boggling. Yeah. Because my understanding of the, the culture of that soup yeah. and prosperity and blah, 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 mm -hmm. that's... Now, did that come from them watching Shark Water and going... Like, do, I could, I mean, that was a cause and effect I couldn't follow that particular one, so I just wanted to ask. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows if it's from them watching Shark Water or not? I mean... We got shark water seen by 120 million people in China, um, so you know it's the words out there for sure. Um, but you know Yao Ming has become an active spokesperson for uh, anti-shark movements for the last four or five years. So yeah. I mean, it, it's happening. How many languages is the movie in? Do you know? I don't know. Lots no. and lots and lots. Lots, I think. Yeah. Okay, is Toronto still home? Toronto's still home uh, for the warm months of the year. Okay, and yeah. we're. Uh, when it's cold, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. What kind of... I just have to ask about the watch, because the watch looks like it's special diving stuff. It is. is it this a is a, the, called the Shark Watcher, a crazy fresh French or Swiss watch company called Tempest. Saw shark water, got so inspired by it that they started uh, their own like ancillary line of luxury watches. A thousand euros from every sale of these watches goes to our shark conservation efforts. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is seriously cool. Yeah. And what does it, that, like that watch looks like a James Bond. Yeah, it, it, you should be able to shoot catapults and stuff out of here. No, it's, it's, it's just a big, sturdy, gigantosaurus of a watch made for diving. So okay. it can withstand serious pressure. Um, I don't speak diving fluently, but how far down do you know how to go? Like how, because um, it looks like very far. Like it looks like you, you know, it looks like about as serious as divers get, but I've got no sense of how to, how to express that. Yeah, um, recreational diving is usually up to about 100 feet. Yeah. Um, beyond 100 feet, you go into technical diving. Um, yeah. And then beyond about 150 feet, you start mixing gases instead of using air. Okay. Because uh, the nitrogen in your air uh, becomes enormously toxic. Okay. So um, you use helium and oxygen beyond that. So we go to about 250 feet. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I wondered, because I know they're certified for different levels, and I thought... But I didn't know how to express the different levels. Mm -hmm. What was the most... I mean, I've interviewed Andrew Weaver, and um, he's, it's fascinating and terrifying talking to him. Mm -hmm. um, what else did you come away for, with from him? Because that gives me a BC angle. Um, uh, like, what were your thoughts talking to Andrew? I think I'm going to work with Andrew in the future, and I think he's going to be involved in our conservation group. And I've come up with something called the Collapse Prevention Report, 
CPR, which I want United Conservationists to give to every country of the world on their birthday, uh, which will be a constantly updating graphical rep representation of a country's resources. How much of each resource do you have, and what are the current consumption trends, and why and due to what reason will your country collapse? So Canada would collapse due to a different reason than Chad would collapse, for example. So from that point on, every citizen of the country can hold their governments and their corporations accountable for the resources that they have and for the destruction of their life support system. Because right now we can't manage what we don't know, you know what I mean? And all the stuff's getting disappeared and destroyed without our knowing it. So Andy wants to be involved with that, and I think that's something we're going to pursue pretty hardcore between now and the time the movie comes out. When is the movie due out? Oh, you said Earth Day, Earth Day. Of, of next year. Yeah. Um, what is the conservation group? Can you talk about that? Yeah, United Conservationists. Uh, United Conservationists is sort of designed to help show people how to change the world uh, and to help try to get humanity back towards sustainability. Um, so we have a mandate. Um, I can read it to you. Yes, please. United Conservationists, we're realists, dreamers, and revolutionaries. We believe in Earth, life, and that 3.5 billion years of evolution created a world of unmatched productivity and diversity, perfect for humans, and that by undoing the, d the damage wrought by short-sighted human expansion and greed, Earth can be paradise for humans and millions of other species. We believe, believe the health of our life support system to be of paramount importance and that the design flaws of pre-revolutionary civilization can be undone by an active and aware population, restoring ecosystems and achieving balance between human ambitions in our living world. We believe capitalism has subverted democracy and the unfulfilling path of growth sold to us in the modern world will lead to environmental and societal collapse. United Conservationists won't stop until a sustainable and equitable human population is reached, human consumption is in balance with the natural world, and the world's ecosystems are restored to full capacity, meaning lakes and rivers are unpolluted and teeming with fish and thriving, diverse forested ecosystems cover most of the land. We believe this to be humanity's greatest challenge and that the size of this adversary will call the best in humanity to the height of their potential, ushering in a new era of human evolution. We believe all this to be achievable and probable within our lifetimes. United Conservationists are backed by 3.5 billion years of evolution, love, and humanity's in ingenuity, and that even if you can't envision this future yet, your children can, and instead of shrinking in the face of such a challenge, this new generation of heroes will grow to defeat it and achieve paradise on Earth. Sweet. Now, who are the family members, or how's this working? Uh, me, a woman named Julie Anderson, uh, a guy named Tristan Bayer, uh, Vanessa Pereira, Stuart Townsend, my parents. Mm. Cool. Still figuring out exactly how to do it, because it's, it's changed from trying to be a way to bring conservation groups together and get them to work together, sort of like a unionization of conservation groups so that we can present a united front to governments and corporations to a way to, you know, empower kids to something that's creating devices like the collapse prevention report to try to unleash these devices on the world. So exactly, you know, it's, it's changed, the, it, it did fin free, you know, so it's been helping make the world ban shark fins. Um, okay. But exactly how it's going to be reincarnated by the time the movie hits theaters, I'm not sure. I've had to put it on hold a little bit while we're, while we finish the movie because it took a lot of effort. Yeah, I find... I found this doing the Green Chain, and I found this working with Sephora, getting conservation groups to play together. It's a bit like putting families together at a wedding where everybody's divorced. Nobody wants to sit next to anybody else. It's just stunning. It's ridiculous. Um, we were embraced so beautifully by the conservation movement with Sharkwater. Yeah. 
you know, finally scientists had, had a voice, they were all using it to raise money, you know, uh, this was all great, and then I start a conservation group and all of a sudden everybody's competitive with me and doesn't and is not inviting me to their events and all this stuff and it's just it, it changed overnight like that. Wow. Really weird. I'm both disappointed and not at all surprised. Yeah. No. Um I just I watched the backbiting in it and it was just stunning. I I got uh I got interviewed about something where I was asked, like, what's the biggest problem with the environmental movement? I'm like, nobody plays well together. Mm. I said, we're too busy fighting each other over this degree of this and this degree of that. Yeah. And, you know, really the right wing just has to get out of the way. Mm. You know, we'll let Greenpeace fight it out with forest ethics, with, yeah. you know, Paul Watson, whatever. And, yeah, let's all get mean and toss in the Green Party and it just gets ugly. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, what was, can you talk a little bit about being inspired by the kids? Because that's what really comes through in this movie. Like that little kid crying is just heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But also him, you know, just the kids throughout are just beautifully done. So how did that come about? How did you go, kids? Kids were sort of like my journey throughout the movie. Because in the beginning, there weren't supposed to be a kid center or a kid focused in the movie at all. Yeah. Um, it was only when we had very little money and we're trying to figure out the journey yeah. did kids come into play because you know having, having no money and not being able to sort of make the movie of my dreams uh, was an obstacle but then I would get an invitation from you know the Youth Against Climate Change or whatever in Canada to invite me to the MC of this event in Ottawa so I went and did it and filmed it and it became part of the movie and then I got invited by the Canadian Youth Delegation to become a delegate to the climate conference, so I went to that. So it's sort of like, the youth sort of pulled me along with them. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, was, it was them, you know, involving me that made them part of the movie, very much so. And, you know, any revolution of the past has been led by the people most directly impacted by the atrocity. You know, it was, you know, uh, it was women for women's rights. It was black people for the racial equality. You know, it was them that hit the roads and, and put their hands in the air. And now it's going to be kids, because they're going to be the ones that are going to be most directly impacted by it. It's art. It's their future that we're taking. So I expect the kids to be a much bigger role in this than adults. It's fascinating that they get it without very, with almost no explanation. It's just, well, it makes and sense. adults just fight it. It makes sense. And adults have to, you know, for adults, it's confronting the realization that, that you're inherently bad for the planet. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and everything you've been doing for your, most of your life has been bad for the planet. So it's tough. To, tough to let that sink in. Where with kids, they're just like, okay, we got to do something, let's do it. Well, one of the things that freaks out most people when you get to talking about it is trying is what you did, or you worked on how many planets your lifestyle is. Mm. And, and going, holy shit, I travel so much that you're X million trees. What do you do to live lighter? Like, what choices do you make? Are you. I ride a bicycle. Okay. Uh, I try to eat. Uh, sustainable sources, organic yeah. sources. Uh, try to eat as and use as little plastic as I possibly can. Um, what else? I try to travel as little as possible. That for me is still an enormous amount of travel, but yeah. as little as possible. Um, and I'm I'm trying to you know it, it's 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 not that easy to walk the walk. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like by our very nature, you know, like I'm in a powered elevator coming up here, you know, I was in a car driving over here, be it, you know, I was in an electric car. Um, but it, it, it's tough, and, it, and one of the things is just to stop buying stuff. Like, we don't need more of anything, you know? Like, we've got enough of everything already, but buying stuff is 
part of what people do. So I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that out too, you know. How do you keep optimistic? I keep optimistic because I think we've got the greatest opportunity here. You know, like they, they always say in, in movies, a hero is only as good as his villain, right? And we've got the biggest villain possible, and that's part of us. And we've got the biggest crisis potentially that we're facing. And to defeat it, we're going to have to grow, and we're going to have to evolve, and we're going to have to step it up and learn what it is to be human, you know, and to care more about others and other people and other species than we have in the past. And there are right now more than one million non-governmental organizations all around the world and charities and conservation groups working to protect ecosystems and species and human rights. And, and that's a force that no corporation or government could match, one million groups. So one million groups, seven billion people all connected on the Internet that could receive the information instantaneously as soon as we figured out what to do and how to do it. That makes me hugely optimistic. And the fact that, you know, kids are going to lead this movement and push adults into doing the right thing, I think, I think is there. That's very cool. What else are you up to? Well, good question. Um, I, have, I haven't done much but this movie for the last couple of years. Okay. Um, the movie and the conservation group. So I've been doing those two. Do you have a next in mind? I, I have a couple nexts, yeah. We developed a, uh, we're doing a Sharks and Snakes IMAX movie. We're doing a seahorse love story based on the pygmy seahorse's uh, quest for love on the most dangerous reef on Earth. Um, okay. And we might be doing a tiger movie. Um, but what the next big thing like this that I throw myself into for a few years, I'm not sure. I gotta sort of see how this bomb drops and you know what happens in the next year. What's your favorite aspect of making a movie? My favorite aspect of making the movie is, is uh, giving the public the information they need to make better decisions. That's very cool. Um, now I freelance. This is for the Georgia Strait. I cover the Toronto Film Festival for the Strait all the time, mm -hmm. but. I also tend to do a lot of environmental writing and things like that when I'm not doing the film festival. Mm -hmm. How do I contact you if I want to do something about the conservation group or if I want to deal with that later on? Because like right now I'm doing a huge feature on the founder of Occupy for the Walrus mm -hmm. and I think it'd be fun to do something on something proper on this, not a 700 word, here's the movie, yeah. you know, but something that goes a lot deeper. Um, how would I reach you? Would I reach you through him? Or do I yes, reach you through any of them. Or um, rob at sharkwater is my email.com. Okay. So send me an email. Sometimes I'm uh, off the grid for significant periods of time working on stuff for taking breaks, but uh, if I don't get back to you, I will eventually, and, and them too. How did the LA thing happen? Like, what's. what's uh, LA happened because I wanted to make bigger movies than I thought I could make in Canada. Okay. Um, I wanted more money, I wanted bigger crews, I wanted a lot of celebrity endorsements and celebrity involvement, and I don't like the cold. I okay. Like be, I, I like to be outside, um, and me being cooped up and inside it's all winter, you know, it doesn't, doesn't work for me, so. I what, what's your basic bio stuff that I've never asked? Like, how, you grew up, how did you, you talked about meeting a shark when you were a kid, mm -hmm. how did that happen? My parents uh, took a vacation in the Caribbean every year, yeah. like a family vacation kind of thing. So I got to go and hang out on coral reefs and swim down into the water and meet these animals and catch them and keep them in bathtubs. And, okay. Yeah. But you grew up in Toronto? Grew up in Toronto, yeah. Okay. Any other good bio stuff I should know? Or Yeah, I just wrote a book. It's called Save the Humans. It hit uh, That's really important. You've got to sell your book. Yeah, it hit, uh, hit stores August 21st. Uh, and it is sort of my life journey from being a kid all the way through Sharkwater, through Revolution. So it's full of all sorts of important bio stuff. It's like everything about my childhood, every crazy pet I've had, every 
crazy experience I've had in the last 32 years is in there. Most was, of them, maybe. No worries, that's totally fine. And was the Caribbean stuff what inspired you to get all, get passionate about this? Just um, I think I was passionate about it from like having a goldfish from the time I was zero cool. onwards. And then actually you know, seeing the stuff in the wild and seeing a reef and all the crazy animals on it just hooked me right away. Cool. Okay, thank you very much. So that was our interview at the Toronto International Film Festival. A few weeks later, we talked again at the Vancouver International Film Festival. We mentioned Sapporo a few times. That'd be Sapporo Berman, the same Sapporo Berman who just debated Alberta's premier about pipeline politics. And we were talking about her because she's featured in Rob's movie Revolution, and I think I just finished writing her book with her. It's called This Crazy Time. What I love about this interview is that it's all about ambition. And Rob didn't just dream big, he delivered. Cheers. Cheers. I was going to do that, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, hey, to change the world, actually. Changing the world. Fuck yeah. Releasing it for free. Uh, actually, sorry, I was going to go one other place before I, I sidetrack and go back to that. Um, one of the things that Sapporo ran into when she was campaigning is she said she sat with like deputy ministers or ministers or whatever who sort of say, yeah, yeah, everybody cares about the environment. Nobody votes on it. Like, yeah. it, like it's not a vote determinative issue, I think is the phrase they use. Yeah. So I'm just wondering because how Because people you... don't know what's going on yet. Okay. If people knew that our life support system was in jeopardy, the human species could potentially go down this century and future generations and millions of species are at stake because of it, then it would be a vote determinative issue for sure. Okay. Right now, like, what percentage of the planet would you say knows about ocean acidification, knows about overconsumption, that 75% of the forests are gone, 90% of the fish are gone, that, you know, we face this world? 3%? I think they all think it's like a movie. They all think it's like Independence Day. And I don't think it's it. I think for most people, it's no more real than watching the latest Michael Bay film. But you, you think a lot of them know? I think... No, no one believe or do different things. I, yeah. think that, I think a lot of people go, yeah, yeah, we're doomed. Ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah. they don't actually believe it. Okay. They've just heard it too You know, yeah. they've just heard it and, and go, yeah, right. Like, that's... Well, I love you targeting kids. Yeah. Because I actually, the kids get it. Actually, yeah. younger generations get it. Yeah. And older generations went, well, we're screwed, we're screwed. Yeah. You know, I've heard we were doomed before. We were all going to die of nuclear war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not going to die. Yeah. And, um, like, just sort of magical thinking, where you look and go, yeah, but we have lost all these species. That's not made up. We can't eat half the food in our food chain. Yeah. You know, it's... 90% of our food species are gone. Yeah. Like, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm friends with Sir Gresco who just ate about, who wrote about what you can and can't eat in the water. I'm going, I'm actually afraid to read his book. So yeah. I'm going, oh, man, I went veg, but I still love my ahi. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, can't eat that either. Can't eat that. Can't eat that. I've got a friend who's, who's got mercury poisoning. Who I was having tuna salad. He's going, you're killing yourself. And he's sitting there eating liver and onions. And I'm like, he said, no. He said, yeah. he said I need this to counteract the mercury poisoning from eating all the good things I was eating. Like, okay, you're freaking me out. Yeah. Like, that's all real. But I think people tune it out. Yeah. And I think kids get it and respond to it. Mm. 
um, giving it away for free. Where's, when does that happen? Where's that idea from? Um, you know Jan Arthus Bertrand, the French photographer that made uh, the photo books Earth From Above? Yep. He made the documentary Home. Okay. Have you seen it? Home is a fantastic documentary. It's amazing. Uh, the company that owns Louis Vuitton and Yves Saint Laurent and Gucci uh, sponsored this movie. They gave them 12 million euros to make it okay. and to market it so they could give it away for free. And uh, it's not social network friendly. It's not a young film. It's an art film. It's basically just aerial perspectives of the planet with a voiceover by Judy Dench, I think. Oh, I mean, wow. So, okay. But 500 million people have seen it. We got 124 million people to see Sharkwater. So I think Revolution is far younger, far more social network friendly, far more tweetable, far, yes. you know, it's going to engage that. So if they got 500 million people to see this, I think we can get far more to see Revolution. So our strategy is we're going to make Canada pay for the movie because we've got the tar sands and we had Sharkwater's success here. So it's going to come out and do the traditional release strategy here. Our distributors are trying to get 1 million tickets into school kids' hands and they already have Aeroplan, NBC Universal, and Cineplex theaters on board to pay for a bunch of those tickets. So kids, a million kids are going to go for free. Um, but in the rest of the world, our plan is to, to raise about six million bucks and just spend that all on social networks so that people will be pushing this movie and pushing this movie and pushing this movie. And when it goes for free, you're going to get it on our movie website, which is also the be-all and end-all of study guide, curriculum, inserts, and all that stuff. But when you download the movie, uh, the movie comes wrapped in the mobile application. And the mobile application also plays the movie. So from that point on, every kid that has the Revolution mobile application has the movie on their phone. And they can show all their friends and they can stop it at any point, find out information. If it's like, if you're in the cuttlefish section and you're like, I'm freaking out, you can stop it and figure out who's doing ocean acidification, sign up, change the world immediately, that kind of thing. So the billion number isn't insane and it isn't pulled out of thin air. You're actually coming from a real place with it. Yeah, I, I think we can do twice what he did. Okay. Mm. Wow. Okay. How and, close? and if a billion people know what we know, you know, the world will change, right? How? Absolutely. Isn't the stat like 120 million people saw it in China? Yep. How did that happen? How did you get 100? Yeah, how in the question. world did you get it out in China like that? Uh, so th this was a tumultuous ride. Um, I gave it to the movie, I gave it to the conservation group Wild Aid, who has Jackie Chan and Yao Ming as a spokesperson. Yeah. Yao Ming did a TV commercial for Sharkwater. Uh, and we had a premiere planned at the Shanghai Film Festival. I was ready to fly to Shanghai in a week, and then I got a phone call from the Shanghai Film Festival at what would be 12 in the morning, their time. And they said, we, we're not going to play Sharkwater anymore. We found a connection between Sea Shepherd and the Dalai Lama, quoting a picture of Paul Watson shaking the Dalai Lama's hand from 1974 oh, wow. on their website. And so I freaked out and said, what, what, what? And then all of a sudden, Wild Age got super freaked out about touching us because of our association with Sea Shepherd saying that they have all these campaigns going in China and they can't jeopardize that stuff. So I raised $100,000 to re-edit Sharkwater without Sea Shepherd in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So raised $100,000 to re-edit Sharkwater, including Wild Age stuff. So including the guy that runs Wild Age, Peter Knight's going to... Costa Rica to you know try to stop shark finning and then eventually getting PSA campaigns with Yao Ming in it so Yao Ming's in, in Sharkwater China uh, and that movie just got finished now literally just now but to hedge my bet sort of thing I gave Revolution for uh, for free to a sales agent or not to a sales agent to a uh, our, our, our sales agent gave it to a Chinese distributor under the premise of you have to get it on CCTV one or two, and that's the only places you're allowed to sell it, which are 200 and 250 million person audiences each. And I thought, you know, I'll break any rules with Wild Aid if they can make this happen. Uh, and we ended up getting a call from them saying, a report saying, this is what we did with your movie. 
they, they broke their contract with us and didn't get it on CCTV 1 or 2, but they got it on CCTV 6. 60 million people are pop. Okay. So, fine. Great. And then, so that was it. And so that's, this is just the beginning. It's going to go to way more than 120 million because Sharkwater China just got finished with Yao Ming, China's biggest celebrity, as the star of it. And that's going out in China this year. Okay. So. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, did you make any celebrity connections at TIFF? I mean, there's like 8 million movie stars there. Yeah, no. Okay. No, no, I, I, honestly, at TIFF, I was like still spinning, not quite on the ground yet. Just, you know, literally just finished the movie and was like trying to like push burnout into the future so yeah. that I could still cope with it and still and celebrate and like get back to normal and get some sleep. And, well, it was so funny because when uh, your producer invited me to your party, I, my, my imagination was I thought, oh, it's an eco film. You'll be at, like some groovy vegetarian restaurant or whatever. And then I walked into like, there's mermaids. You had a party <laughs> with freaking mermaids. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. It was a great party. Oh, it really was. Did you stay for the whole thing? I don't, we stayed pretty late. We stayed. Okay. We, we watched. You, I wanted to you do your your talk. Yeah. And do your thank yous. And then somebody painted Rain's hair, so she was God forever. Yeah. There were people painting hair, so she had a blast getting purple hair. Yeah. So yeah, nice. we stayed quite late. Nice. It was a, it was a fun party. It yeah. Really was. It was really fun for sure. No, it was very cool. But it was funny because that really put into perspective what a big deal the movie is. Mm. That it wasn't. You hadn't just gone into, you know, taking over fresh juice for life or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, like, yeah. I think we're. Sharp, I mean, not to boast, but Sharkwater did. Sharkwater became a really big Canadian movie. Yes. So. Um, yeah, so we've got the opportunity to, to leverage that a little bit and, and bring in bigger groups and stuff. And like a lot of people have heard of Sharkwater and seen Sharkwater now, and yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna leverage that everywhere we can. Well, didn't you sort of fund this as Sharkwater too? I read that in an interview yeah, with I somebody did. else. So uh, when I was pitching this movie, nobody would buy it. Yeah, nobody would buy it. Um, they said it's too big. We don't understand. Uh, like and, and I wrote up a treatment. I wrote up like a I had a 16-page treatment exactly yeah. bringing, bringing through the whole movie. I had a four and a half-page treatment, um, and I thought because Sharkwater was was good that they'd be like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, but no, they're like, no, we don't want it. So I, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to explain it. You know what I mean, or, or what to do about it. So I said, um, so we, we went back and said Sharkwater two, with no no write up, no treatment, nothing. Sharkwater two, we're in. So I'm like, okay, give me the money. We got Sharkwater 2. And then I went and made the same movie. And then invited them to the screening of Sharkwater 2. And it was yeah. Revolution. And they're like, and they liked it. So they were like, okay, cool, we get it. Wow. Right? That's really cool. Weird. But like, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I'm going to have to call the next movie Revolution 2. I mean, hopefully I don't have trouble financing movies. Yeah. But well, do, you, um, do you know how many people saw Sharkwater? Because that's got to be a huge number. I mean, like that 124 million. Sorry, 124 million. That's an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Okay, and that's without. Uh, not for me, thank you. And then for you. Yeah. That's without Sharkwater China happening. That's that's before the Chinese. Uh, it's 124 million, including the two screenings in China. Okay. Before Sharkwater China hits. Okay. Before the Yao Ming version of Sharkwater China hits. Wow. So, okay. So I imagine. So I you're mean, gonna hit a quarter million. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. So and if we can do that, not giving it away for free on our first try, you know, on a shark movie, 
than a movie about the future of humanity that every kid's going to go, you got to see this, our future's at stake. You know, I feel like a billion's not unreasonable. So the, I was just trying to figure out the chronology and figure out if producers were going to want to kill, like, <laughs> like how this would work, or... Because it's interesting, because there are now movies being released on iTunes saying coming soon to the theater. Like, people are flipping the distribution models all over the place. So, yeah, they're trying all sorts of stuff. None of it's working, though. No. None of it's making any money. I mean, the only stuff that's making money is, like, the odd indie film that really hits. Yep. Or X-Men. The Avengers. Yeah. yeah I know. And so, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's a brave new world for us and giving stuff away. Yeah. And if you're a, like, imagine being British Petroleum. Yeah. You know, not that they'd be my first choice for a sponsor, but for British Petroleum to, to, to give us six million bucks and have their name associated with a movie seen by a billion people that's trying to change the world would be huge for them yeah. in, a, in a PR nightmare world. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can get a sponsor, not a, not a bad guy, but a good yeah. guy, to, to help us sort of, you know, put that out there to the world. Nice. And then, you know, and like, this is a movie that people should see for free. You know, it should be like mandatory viewing it should be in every school it should be like I want every kid to have it on their phone so they can say have you seen Revolution no here, plug it in watch it you know that's very cool um was there a moment like I know there's the moment in the film with, with the grade 6 and all that but was there any moment before that where it really hit you that it was the kids that you had to talk to like because I, um, I know that when came back and inspired you or at least structurally it did but yeah. was there a, when you were doing yeah, it, the stuff it, 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 it wasn't even then it wasn't even then um, I told you how, how we, how we ran out of money and we got our, all our money yanked away from us because we got radical no um, thank you so we had five million bucks for this movie okay uh Revolution or Sharp Re Revolution. Okay. Funded by a really uh, big, big interest company, family. Um, and we were making it for five million bucks in 3D for IMAX. We had 11 person crew traveling with us. Uh, we were already shooting the movie. And then uh, the Ottawa scene happened. Power Ship, or Power Ship's Ottawa, where I was spray painted green and beating the MC of this big environmental rally, mm -hmm. the, the biggest climate change rally in Canada's history, which Sephora was there. Um, and I was saying, stuff like, you know, we don't just need Priuses and climate change policy, we need a revolution. Yeah. Guys, we got to change everything. And then all of our money fell away. And two days later, we went from having five million bucks to having $150,000 from the Canadian government. So, with $150,000 to make a, you know, a five million dollar movie, I thought, you know what, it was too cumbersome with 11 people, I can do this myself. So, yes, please. Yes, please. So, I thought, 150 grand, I can buy two Canon 5Ds for 3,500 bucks, uh, a steady cam, spend 10 grand on cameras, and buy a bunch of plane tickets, and I can shoot this myself. Like, fuck, fuck the crew, you know what I mean? Yeah. I did, I did it before. So, I, uh, I basically bought cameras, bought plane tickets, and left. Um, but because I had so little money, I had no real staff, I had no researchers. No, 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 no. I had no, and I had no plan, so I, I literally had to like leave it up to the universe and intuition to guide me. So I was sort of running on, running on the universe at that point. So like going to Madagascar, I went to Madagascar in the middle of hurricane season when a hurricane arrived. I had no idea because I couldn't research anything beforehand. I was just like, I got the opportunity. I'm here. I'm going to Madagascar. Wow. So. I sort of had to take every opportunity that came my way because I couldn't research when things were happening. So I got invited to be the MC of this event, and or I got invited to uh, go to the um, 
UN Climate Conference in Cancun to be mm -hmm. part of PowerShift, or not, sorry, to be a delegate at the Climate Conference as part of the Canadian Youth Delegation. And so I started taking these opportunities with these kids, and then I met Felix, and then I got a phone call from Saipan. Yeah. And so it was only when I let go of all my plan, and then I started getting inquiries from young kids and people, that it was made me realize that you know the people that are pushing this movement are young people, because no adults are calling me. Thank you very much. You know, I'm not getting invitations by adults to come out and change the world, but kids are like, yeah, you know, let's do this, let's do this. And so in the end, it was sort of like glaringly evident after I'd been through this process that that it's sort of like going to be a generational revolution because we're in it already. Like, we're burning it. We're, we've got the cars. We, we drank the Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? And the kids sort of have to take their future back from us. So, you know, like, we could probably keep going and burning stuff and like, yeah, this shit's going to hit the fan when we're getting old, you yeah. know what I mean? But like, we'll probably get out of it relatively unscathed looking at the numbers, you know, mm -hmm. but kids, no, no way. Like, they're going to be in the thick of it. So I figured if there's going to be a group that this will appeal to and a group that needs to hear this, it's, it's them. It was really them that taught me that. Okay. Well, I remember uh, support talking about, oh, God. Not answer. May have an answer. There was a um, one of the big conferences, and it was the youth delegations that really hit her hard uh, when they took over the city. May have an answer. It's all a blur. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, that the youth delegations were the most active. The Canadian youth delegation was at times practically suicidal yeah. because they were just, what do we do? Nobody's listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you had kids who were hiding the Canadian flags on their backpacks. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. climate conferences, she said, yeah, being Canadian, everybody just says, I'm so sorry now. Yeah. You know, not Canadians saying sorry now, it's everybody else going, yeah, I heard about Harper. I know. Thanks for screwing the world, yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. No, just total paradigm shift in terms of we're the good guys and now we're not. Exactly. So, um... So, I like the idea of inspiring the kids and seeing where that's coming. Um, did the did you have telephone money for this? Was there government funding in this, or at all? Sharkwater reached a benchmark where we made so much money in Canadian theaters that the telephone had to give us money every year. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, like you got an envelope. We got an envelope. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I used two thirds of one year's envelope to make this. To develop it and then while I was developing all these other movies like the Seahorse movie and the Tiger movie Save the Pussycat and a couple others I you know don't tell anybody this yeah. but like I said I was developing these movies and I sort of used the money to make revolution I don't think they'll mind at this point I don't think they'll mind are you making more movies right now or, or are you because it strikes me that you're going to be too busy campaigning I'm going to uh, I don't know what I want to do next like we developed all these movies we developed the Tiger movie um We've got some big name people that are behind that. Um, we developed a deep sea movie called Under Pressure, but what happens when you know the misfits get pushed into the deep dark trenches of the oceans and end up missing these major extinctions and kicking ass in the deep sea? Um, and we developed a seahorse love story based on the pygmy seahorse and its quest for love on the most dangerous reef on earth. But I don't know that I can do any of those now. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm in. I'm into this in in a pretty serious way. And I don't know what to do next. And it's sort of like everything I've done has been just sort of like what I've, like the movies, Sharkwater was like me, my journey for a little period of time. Revolution mm -hmm. was my journey for a period of time.
and I don't know what my journey is going to be like next until this sort of bomb drops and I see how the public reacts and like if I do, if this does start a revolution, like are people going to be in the streets? Are we going to be changing our governments? Or like are, are people going to need me? You know, yeah. like, and so I don't really know what to do next until um, until this hits. But I've got some ideas. I mean, I was thinking about making a, a TV show called "Here Is a List of Our Demands." Yeah. Because I got some pretty you know serious ideas of what needs to change. Okay. And I thought if we had each episode explore those ideas to see if they're possible okay. and to see like what, what would change in the world if we did institute these things, like mandates on no new growth and no new development. If you want to build something, you've got to build it out of waste. 100% government transparency. Like Stephen Harper used to have a camera in his bathroom and every phone call and every email he writes is recorded. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's some things that I think are obvious and steps we need to take to turn this around and if we can get that in the public lexicon by making a little TV series around it. Okay. But maybe a fictional film about some young people, you know, trying to overthrow their current government and instituting some of these things might be a, a better way to get that into the public's world. Gotcha. So, don't know what's next. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, how did Yaming happen? Since he's he's going to star, can you talk about how he came on? Yaming is uh, one of Wild Aid celebrity ambassadors. One so of Wild Aid. Wild Aid. Wild Aid. Okay. Wild Aid. Wild Aid. Uh, great conservation group. They're the group that's primarily responsible for trying to push the anti-shark fin movement in China. Okay. By getting Chinese celebrities. They're the group that uh, did the studies showing 75% of consumers in China don't know shark fin soup has shark in it. So the translation is fish wing soup. So, really? Yeah. They've got Harrison Ford. They're doing a lot of tiger stuff now, too. They did a tiger PSA with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's just bizarre. So they, don't, so they just think it's a cool name. They're eating it because it's expensive, because it's a status symbol. Not because there's actual shark in it. Yeah. Because I'd always assume there was some, I don't know, the same way we hear about why they eat the tiger stuff and why they, you know, yeah. like all the other endangered things. I'd assume that this was about potency or God knows what. I didn't realize it was just status. Just status. Okay, that's even sadder. Yeah. You know. It's not like they want to be eating shark. Okay, because yeah. I'd always thought it was like some magical... And that's what makes sense, right? Like, yeah. you want to eat the most powerful animal on Earth, you know what I mean? But like... Oh, I, well, I was like, okay, because shark cartilage, sharks regenerate, they love, you know... Yeah. Like, I I kind of get that if you're into the superstitions of this stuff, sharks and tigers make an odd sort of sense, because mm. they're so badass, but it's just the status? That's, that floors me. Not saying. Did it... Okay. Are the origins different than that, or it's just always been status? No, it's been status lately. Okay. I think when they were originally consuming shark fin soup, it was a dish for emperors, you know what I mean? And they would have yeah. told the emperor, like, this is from this awesome-ass creature. And that's why we're giving it to you. Gotcha. Where it came up, where they came up with it, like, how it came out, you know, who knows, but... Wow. Okay. Um, so, Yaming already worked with these guys. Yaming already worked with these guys uh, on, on the shark fin issue doing public service announcements. Okay. And, and then we gave the movie to Wild Aid, the group that works with uh, Yaming, specifically because he had Yaming. Okay. Now here's what I don't have a sense of because it's China. Like, is it. Is there a political backlash if you're Yaming saying don't eat shark fin soup? Or people going, hey, this is our culture, hands off, why are you. Why are you attacking it? The, the sentiment's changing. Uh, the Chinese government banned shark fin soup at all government functions. Yeah, when you said that mm. in this movie, it floored me. Yeah. That I just that just struck me as amazing. Yeah. So, so there isn't... 
I mean, I, I'm sure there has been some, you know. Like, uh, Jackie Chan, particularly, was really resistant to coming out against the shark fin thing. He was coming out against the tiger thing, really easily. It took him a long time to say anything about sharks because he's out of the backlash. But okay. I think people are, you know, taking a step despite that. All right. Okay. No, I just wondered that, you know, here there's somebody on the other side of pretty much every issue. Yeah. So just wondering what the other side was of, you know, this is our culture, this is our heritage, don't screw around. Mm -hmm. So you never ran into that with shark fighters? Oh, we ran into, into that uh, sometimes, yeah, but with, with trying to get the ban on shark fin soup uh, but, and the fin-free movement. But I'm but, wondering, but was it economics or was it cultural, right? What, what they're arguing for is probably economics. I don't know that anyone, like, do, I don't know, like, but I, 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 I can only say this in ignorance, you know what okay. I mean? But like, does anyone really care that much about shark fin soup to say this is our culture, you know what I mean? I think the people that came to Toronto City Hall and were saying, this is our culture, you can't allow this to do this, they're the shark fin traders that are making money off this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, they did show up and say, I'm a shark fin trader, this is our culture. You know what I mean? And they said, like, it's our culture to have slaves. So, yeah. you know, settle down, shelters have to change, we're in a different world now. I mean, the one thing that I think is, we, we gotta focus on, we've gotta make sure everybody knows is, is like, the opportunity we have in this, you know, like, fixing this problem gets right everything we've got fucked up right now. Yeah. You know, the fact that we've, we're missing meaning, the fact that kids, you know, are playing on their cell phones and Facebook all the time, everyone has ADHD, and, like, if you sat kids down at day one of school and said, guys, we've fucked it up, we've burnt and consumed almost everything, and your future is really grim unless you pay attention. You learn what we've got to tell you, and you come out of this and you start doing something. Kids would be getting A's, kids would be studying, because their future and their lives would depend on it. So like, if we just got the rules of the road right a little bit, you know what I mean? I think it could be amazing. And if, you know, if we didn't get this right, like you could, you know, if you want to eat fish, you go to the, you go to the pier and you fish for fish, you know what I mean? Because the oceans yeah. are thriving again, if you haven't destroyed them. So I think as, as young people, you know, the potential we have in, in a six-year time, in a five-year time, in a ten-year time of educating kids now how much the world will change in five or six years. Like, when, when you know, they voted Obama into office, young people. Yeah. You know, and I think, particularly in Canada, we don't have that many people voting in that age group. And yeah. when they have something to give a shit about, as they finally will, you know, I think massive things can start happening. It's funny, it's actually the one reason that I'm not compared to, that I'm not prepared to totally rule out Justin Trudeau doing something interesting, mm -hmm. because I think he will look so, I mean, he is so much younger than Mulcair and, and Harper, yeah. you know, that I'm kind of going, well, will 18-year-olds show up at the polls if there's somebody running who is, you know, in his mid-30s? Yeah. Because... You know, he's. I don't know if he's a great idea as a leader, but I'm going. Well, if your job as a leader is to get elected, he's going to attract attention. And yeah. I don't know if they've got anybody else who attracts attention. Yeah. There are other people I admire more, but I admired Ignatieff, and that didn't work out so well. Yeah. I admire Stefan Dion for being blatantly green, and that yeah. almost that pretty much torpedoed him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of interested in going. Well, the liberals have actually tried substance and it didn't work. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking of doing, I don't know the political process, yeah. so I don't know if it's even possible, but I was thinking of running for prime minister uh, and presenting my platform of exactly what would need to happen yeah. so that the entire environmental community and the educational world would go, that's what we need. 
You know what I mean? Not that I would ever get elected, but I, I, I yeah. going on the platform of 100% government transparency, cameras everywhere, everything we do is recorded, no new growth, no new development. If you want to build something, you build something out of waste. Uh, caps on population, you know, like just lay out what what actually should happen so that you know we would get a lot of press people would go are you fucking kidding me the right would go but from that point on it would be in the public's mind that at least some people think this is where we need to go so it would open the dialogue you know what I mean moving forward you'd have to be leader of the revolution party to pull that off yeah and one of the things that's uh, not that this is useful for your interview but our, our, our team is sort of talking to you about politics and saying like you know if you want to really make change at least our chief technical yeah. guy who's from Victoria and Noah Weaver is saying like you want to make a change like you know get involved in politics and start supporting politicians and stuff and I'm like whoa like I don't know politics enough to know what the bad side of that would be and to know what you know connotations come with supporting politicians it's you know? so tough so it's such a minefield the political See, thing is such a minefield that's why I want to stay out like I want to stay out of it I think my yeah. the way I can best serve the planet and the environment is just educating people like if I bring everybody up in their knowledge of what's going on, then they'll elect different people. Thanks for checking out the Scanna podcast for Sharkwater Week. For more on Rob and Sharkwater Extinction, please check out our show notes and our YouTube channel, where we've actually got some never-before-seen video footage of Rob answering questions at the Q&A for Revolution at the Vancouver International Film Festival. So that'll be just a few minutes after we finished our second interview. And if you'd like the show and you'd like to help us make more podcasts more often, please join our pod at patreon.com. Scanna is produced by the always awesome Rain Banu, with the assistance of Emma Eslake, Chantal Heward, Clarita Ritchie, and Josie Liecti. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes with Jason Colby talking about his essential new book, Orcas, How We Came to Know and Love the Ocean's Greatest Predator, Peter Voliban, author of The Inner Life of Animals, and filmmaker Julia Barnes talking about Sea of Life, a movie inspired by and featuring Rob Stewart.